Have you ever wondered what the heck is next for me? I hear a lot of women say they don't have what it takes to start something new or they are too old, but many women overcome all kinds of obstacles and then go on to something even better. Over the years, I've worked a lot of traditional jobs as well as direct sales businesses, but never realized the success I was hoping for until I released my emotional baggage. Once I had cracked the code of my emotions, I knew I could help other women do the same. Join us here as we chat with female experts as they share their inspirational stories and challenges in business and life, because it is never too late. I'm your host, Cora Naylor, and this is the Crack the Code podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Crack the Code podcast. Excited to have with me here, Helen Ryan. She loves experiencing new things, and she has done it all. So we're going to have an awesome conversation with her. She's done exercise training. She's traveled the world as a digital nomad. She's written a couple books, The 21 Days to Change Your Body and Your Life, with a little guide pocket companion that goes along with that. So welcome today, Helen. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. It seems like such a great a great show and and just really hoping to inspire some people. Well, I know your story is very inspiring. Like I say, you've been through a lot and come through a lot to get where you are today. I'm excited to talk about your podcast, but I think we'll go back a little bit and see what sort of got you there. I know I've listened to some of your previous podcasts and you have an interesting story and how you kind of got into the training, weight training or exercise training and what your story is there. Maybe you could give everybody a little bit of a Coles Notes version of what got you on that fitness path? Well, I used to teach aerobics back in the 80s when you didn't need any certifications. (laughs) And I taught for quite a few years and I really enjoyed it. I'm shy and introverted, but teaching is not about the teacher. It's about the people and making them feel good, making them feel strong. Although back in the 80s, that wasn't quite the focus. It was more about, you know, how how possibly flat and thin could you be <laughs> before the, the booty was important? Um, and I, I taught for a while, but I most of my life, I always struggled with food. And so I would, when I was younger, I could eat and I could binge eat. And I, I wouldn't really be overweight because when you're younger, you burn more calories and I would run and I would you know teach aerobics. But then I started to get a little bit older. My 20s so old now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I started to um, gain weight. And then I just started to kind of like, I think pull back on life because the the overeating was a symptom of the fact that I was unhappy in my life. And so that's the only thing that gave me comfort and felt like it was something for me. So I ended up stopping exercise for about 15 years and I ran a business and I raised my kids and then I just would eat at night when everybody went to bed. And so I just you know felt like it was just something for me, but I got to the point where I was 200 pounds and I'm five feet tall. So five feet tall, that that's a lot. It was a size 20 and yeah. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. My legs hurt, you know, my back hurt, my knees hurt. And I just was discouraged. Yeah. And so what, what changed for you? What got you, you know, moving after that? Well, in 2003, my dad was diagnosed with aggressive lung cancer and he was gone in like four months because there was, you know, it was hard. That was a very aggressive type of cancer. And so after he died, I felt, you know, well, 
I'm wasting my, not wasting my life. I wasn't doing anything that I enjoyed. I wasn't doing anything for me except for the eating. I felt like I was kind of just passing time waiting to die because it, my life had felt pointless. You know, I love my kids. I love volunteering in school, but I felt there was something missing. There was nothing I was doing for me. And then after he passed away, I thought, you know what? Let me start walking. Let me do something for myself. I used to enjoy teaching and sure I'll, I'll never lose weight because I've tried thousands and thousands of times or hundreds of times amounting to thousands mm -hmm. of times. And so I just started walking the kids to school. And then I was a vegetarian who didn't eat veg vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, that was interesting, but I started to add vegetables to my diet and then a little bit of protein. I didn't change a lot of things, but I cut out a lot of the junk and I started walking and then at 5.30 in the morning, I, I put in a DVD at the time. It was Tammy Lee Webb. And I would do 20 minutes of legs one day, 20 minutes of her body, 20 minutes of abs. And after three months of just doing those few things, I'd lost 29 pounds. I remember that specifically because I went to the mailbox and a neighbor hadn't seen me in a long time. I was like, oh, wow, you've lost a lot of weight. So it was like, it was my first, when somebody noticed that was like the first time. And I felt, well, maybe I can lose weight. Yeah, I'll never be a size two. But I can lose weight and get stronger, get fitter and take away the pain in my body and, and maybe do the things I want to do in life. Yeah. What do you, where do you think you got the strength to change your emotional eating habits? Because I know with a lot of people that is very tricky. I know in my um, practice, I help people release a lot of emotions around food because there is a ton of emotions around how we eat and why we eat. And I know most people will be wondering, like, how did you do that? Because it's not like you can just necessarily get up one day and turn the switch and say, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I mean, if everybody could do that, we would all be in perfect shape and eat perfectly. <laughs> I think that it's a massive shock to the system when my dad died. And I people who make big changes in their in their lives a lot of time, not all the time, a lot of time have a massive shock, have a, a massive massive change to their life and they realize this isn't a game. This is my life. I'm not doing anything with the one life I have. I'm not happy. I'm abusing my body because that's what, we're, what I'm doing. I mean, when I'm shoveling food in my face, it's always high fat, high sugar. It, it's never, you're, I'm never shoveling blueberries, you know? So, <laughs> and, and that's, I think for women, especially we are often emotional eaters. I think that just having that that shock and starting to take your life seriously. And sometimes it just happens. I have a, a friend of mine who had a, she's had a weight problem for, for most of her life. And she, after she got divorced, she just kind of like felt she started to get stronger inside because she realized like, okay, well, that life with him wasn't ideal. And, and it, it was pretty bad. And now that I'm on my own, I'm actually like feeling like I want to take care of myself. And so she just started walking again, just like a little bit of walking and she built that strength. So a lot of times it's just a big change when you just hit rock bottom, you want to change something about your life. Yeah. And I think having that control to, like you say, whether it's control, because that's one of the few things we can control is what we eat, what we put into our mouths and what we do. A lot of other things in our lives, you know, can be out of our control or it takes longer to do it. So that is a good place to start. And it's so great walking because so many people don't really realize the benefits that we can get from just that small thing. And they don't make the move because they think it's so small. Like you said, you started off by walking your kids to school. Well, you know, if that's a block, you know, it's not a huge thing, but just that thing in itself, starting that new habit can have so many other benefits. 
Yeah. And not just about weight loss, it's about getting healthier and just moving mm-hmm. your body, sitting in front of our desks all day, sitting on the sofa all night. It's really bad for our overall health. Do we yeah. want to have a lot of medication when we're older? Do we want to fall and break our hips or do we want to actually just get some movement? It's not about the weight loss. It's about moving your body and just getting it healthier overall. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that part. And then once you were starting to feel better about yourself, is that when you got into the traveling? Because I know that's another thing a lot of ladies want to do when they get, you know, past the raising the kids. Now it's finally traveling and doing all the things that they put off doing while they've been raising their families. Yeah. It helped me feel like my life counted and that I wanted to do something for me. So after I I lost weight, I run a business. And so I would run the business and volunteer in the school for the kids. But then I started to teach spin because I used to like to teach Mm -hmm. and I started to train clients in my home for personal training. So that really gave me like the the strength or the impetus or the idea to travel because I was so tired and so burned out because you're juggling 10,000 things. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I went was for six months. And I told the kids that because my ex-husband was getting married. He's actually married to a man who I really adore and I'm so grateful for him. And so I told the kids, I want to do this, you know, for six months by myself. I, I went with one of my relatives and they were okay with it because, you know, so I traveled and I just, I just got the bug because I just being in a different environment. And I love like the tropical rain. I was on an island in Thailand where my sister lives and just, it's just so magical to be somewhere else and to give up all preconceived notions that you have about life and to only have what you can fit in your backpack or suitcase. Yeah. And where did you say you were? Where did you go that time? Uh, Thailand. My sister Thailand. Uh, runs an animal welfare center on a, a very small island, amazing island, just like you can scooter in the rain, grab coffee. You know, the Thai food is amazing. It's cheap yeah. and it's just great. It's just such a something different. You know, and I volunteered at her animal welfare center. So oh, it was wow. an amazing first experience to get out longer. Yeah. And is she still there? I'm sure there's some listeners who would love to go and volunteer at her center. Yeah, she's still there. It's called Lanta Animal Welfare. And she's, yeah, she's been there for 18, 19 years. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. I, I know for sure a couple people that would love to do that. So I'll have to make sure and get the link and we put it in the show notes. If anybody's interested in going over there and volunteering, that would be amazing. Even day volunteering, you can stay in your own hotel and just go volunteer. They have Kitty City. You can cuddle with cats. You can walk dogs on the beach. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a great place to be doing that. And then um, where else did you go? Like, how, Tell us about some of your other travels for our listeners. I came back to the U.S. in 2016. And then in 2017, my youngest graduated from high school. And my roommate, my relative at the time, decided he wanted to move out and get his own place. So I can't afford Southern California by myself with two kids. I thought so. I told them, let's just go travel. So we did. We put everything in storage. And because my daughter, my youngest was in 18 and we just started traveling. We went different places in Europe first. And then because I grew up in Norway, so we have family there. Mm-hmm. So we went and visited them. And then we went and started traveling throughout Southeast Asia. Of course, spent a lot of time in, th- in Thailand <laughs> with my sister. And then we traveled to Singapore and a lot of time in Malaysia, different places there. And then uh, we went, then my daughter went back and then my son, we went to Greece for a while, my son and I, and then went back to Norway. He returned home. And then I started traveling all through the Balkans um, because summer in Europe is a little too expensive. So I just traveled through the Balkans and it was the most amazing thing. Oh, that's so cool that you went with your kids. And I know most people don't go with their kids. So what do you think was the benefits of doing that? 
Well, they both have anxiety and, and my son has social anxiety. So I thought, well, let's put them in a situation where they're going to experience some positive stress and different stress. Because I figured if they experience different things when they come home, things that happen here will be a little bit easier to handle. We ended up with some extra stressful things like where we're in Bali, they raised the volcano alert to the highest level. <laughs> so that was kind of stressful. And we left a little early so I wouldn't be stuck with a volcano. And then my son got, really came out of his shell. And when he came home, his aunt was like, his. he has an aunt here, or several aunts here, but she was like, he's a whole different kid. You know, he's talking to people, he's not afraid. And he made, you know, acquaintances while we were traveling. And it really benefited both of them because who, who can look back, you know, when they were kids or teenagers and say, wow, you know, I went here, I went to Penang in Malaysia, I went to, you know, Singapore, I went to these places. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I always say that would be great with kids. If they can get some travel experience either during high school or shortly after, just to realize how good we have it in North America, because you take things for granted here. And when you travel, you just see things from a whole new perspective. And I think that's really cool that you had the foresight to do that with your kids. So they had that experience. And are they doing more traveling now since you know they're older now? No, because uh, they're COVID. And then so, and then they, you know, they're not, my daughter traveled, she came back by herself. So she had to go through from Thailand to, to through China and back home, but she's traveled to the U S but they, I'm hoping to get out again with them. And then hoping that someday they'll, cause now they know, they know all the mistakes mm -hmm. I made because <laughs> I made quite a few <laughs> and they know what to do. And they realize that it, so, so what if you take the bus the wrong direction, you just get off and you get, go the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the mistakes that you made that you could get share? Well, that was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Getting in the wrong direction. Um, I think what was hard is that I didn't have um, credit cards with any big limits when I was traveling. So mm. we only had to travel with the money I was making. And there were times where, for example, clients didn't pay me. I would have like two, uh, two, wow, two projects outstanding and mm. we had no money. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? At one point, my son and I, after my daughter went home, we had enough money for one more meal. Like, what do you want to eat? And then the next day someone paid me. So that's a mistake is not having any reserves, emergency reserves. And I think moving around too much. We moved around sometimes every two or three days. We would, um, you know, tr just travel, change Airbnbs because of the money situation. We couldn't move until... You know, I couldn't reserve more than three days at a time. Those are are some of the bigger mistakes is just not not having any kind of cushion where you could stay like a week in one place instead of having to go to two or three Airbnbs in one week. Right. And that was, uh, you do a digital graphic design. Is that what you do as your business? That's yeah, nice. I do graphic design and web design. And my son works with me and he started working with me while we were traveling. So that was that was that was good and helpful. Yeah, for sure. It's nice for people to know. And that's the thing. There's so many kinds of jobs that we can do online and then you can be anywhere. There's nothing stopping you from, you know, being traveling or doing it at home. I know my husband and I are doing that this winter. We're currently down in the Baja spending the winter here um, doing basically the same thing we do at home. We're just doing it somewhere warmer. <laughs> And it makes a difference. So there's something magical about doing the same thing that you do in a different country because mm -hmm. you can go and you can get really good local food. And, you know, here it's just you have to get in your car and you have to go here or you may have to drive there. But, you know, I mean, it's like a whole different environment and usually it's cheaper and it's just a whole nother experience. And there, why are we staying doing the same thing as I like to tell people, like, I already know about Target and Walmart. Like, 
I want to go to a local market. You know, I want to experience new things. Why would I want more of the same thing every day for the rest of my life? Yeah. And it's like I say, it's so great that you gave your kids that experience. I know I'm waiting to see what it'll be like when my son gets back because one of my boys is in Taiwan right now teaching English. He went for a year and he, you know, was the one that needs to get out of his shell more. So when he gets back, I already know he's going to be a different person, even after a month of being there. But that experience is so different and being in a country where not that many people speak English. Yeah. And that's great, though, that he took that leap. Yeah. Yeah. And then where, how did you um, morph that into your walking podcast? What, what brought you around to that? Well, when COVID started, the gyms where I was teaching at, they both closed, you know, for COVID for a while. And people were, I I saw online, I saw my friends, my family, people were saying, oh, I'm so unmotivated. If you're not used to working from home, it's, it can be challenging. You know, how do you get motivated, even work, but you you, your routine is broken. So you stop exercising. If you can't go to the gym, you're not doing the things that you normally do. So I thought, what about if I could get people walking? And I like to talk. So, <laughs> you know, I could record a podcast where I, it's a coached walk, but we also talk about subjects like motivation. Like um, I did a recent episode about, you know, my overeating, um, about how you make small, you know, take small steps to make bigger changes. So I put that all together. So it's a coached walk, but it's also, you know, like more motivational type podcasts. And some of them have background walking music. And I thought that's a good way to meld my personal training background with my teaching, you know, from group X background and just help people who just can't get started or who just want to walk because walking is so much more effective than we think. Yeah. And so much easier on their bodies, especially as we're getting older, you know, the joints can be a little stiffer and, you know, running's hard. I do miss spinning though. I miss my spinning class. We moved to a different community away from the gym. And that was one of the things that I really loved because I really, you know, got a lot of, uh, mental help with spinning classes, but walking is too. I mean, you can walk anywhere, you know, in nature. And like we say with your podcast, you don't even, you can walk outside, but you could just walk around in your apartment or your condo or your house, wherever you are. I have a listener who cleans when she's listening to my podcast. And so like, she'll clean the tub and say, so when I say, you know, walk faster, she's like scrubbing faster and scrubbing harder because <laughs> it helps her. I always tell people, you know, don't drive faster when I say yeah, yeah. <laughs> go go faster. You don't want to get a ticket, but yeah. it is, I mean, walk my, I have an, a great aunt in Norway who is in her nineties and she's walks every single day of her life. And she's, you know, just so much, she's been, just so much more mentally aware even than I am a lot because of her daily walking. Norwegians walk a lot. They live longer. They're healthier because they, they incorporate it into their day. They don't drive down the street. If you go to one store, you then we drive to a store three doors over. Like, why would we do that? We park and then you walk. You just yeah. get that daily movement in, whether it's to my podcast or not. <laughs> Yeah. Or even just parking farther away. Everyone always wants to park close to the door when they go to a mall or go to the store. I never worry about that. Park a little farther away and get a few extra steps in on your way, right? And then it's easier to get out and you're not as apt to get hit by another door, you know, like a car door or cart, but and just a little things like that, they all add up and people, you know, you carry so many bags in, but you could carry one bag at a time, you know? So it's, People just, we're, you, we're creatures of habit. We like to do the easiest thing, but the easiest thing isn't, isn't always the best thing. Yeah. Although walking is an easy thing. We're built but for I mean, it. The, 
I know. But but yes. like driving to the oh, next for store, sure. like oh. that's the easiest thing. Oh. Or, you know, sitting on the sofa, like right now I'm standing, I have a standing desk. Yeah. So I try to stand throughout the day. You know, the easiest thing is to sit down or the easiest thing is when I go carry soda water, water in from the car, the easiest thing is to try to load myself up, but I just make multiple trips and that, you know, I've gotten some extra movement in. Yeah, for sure. I know when we live, when my kids were little and we walked to school, they used to say, oh, mom, it's raining. Can't we just drive? And we lived only two blocks. I was like, it's not even worth getting in the car. It's just easier to walk. And then when they were older and they went to the high school, which was right beside their elementary school, they were very grateful that they just did the walking. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. So I know you have a little, um, a tip sheet that people can get. I think they can get it from your website or we're going to get the link. Yeah. Either from my website or from the link, it's a walking guide, how to fit, not like how to walk, (laughs) how to fit like movement into your day. Cause there's so many little things that you can do to fit movement in that you don't even notice. Once you start making these things a habit, you're moving because sitting is the worst we can do. And so many of us, I do it too. You get into a project, then you're sitting there. Suddenly it's like four hours and you haven't gotten up unless you have to pee, which yeah. happens to me all the t- yeah. all the time. <laughs> but it's just, we don't move throughout the day. And so this guy just shows people it's free and it just gives people lots of tips of just how to keep moving throughout your day, because that's what's going to keep you healthy in the long term. Right. And we will definitely have that uh, link in the show notes for anybody that wants to get that. It's been so great chatting with you today, Ellen. You've been through so many things. You've got lots of great stories and looking forward to um, checking out your podcast. If anyone hasn't checked out Helen's podcast, we'll also have the link for that in the show notes. Um, I like the idea of doing that with your housework. I don't love doing the housework, but maybe that'll make that speed up a little bit. So it's a little less painful. And just before we go, is there any last tips you can share with anybody about um, anything we talked about today? What do you feel like? Don't be afraid to try something different and you don't have to wait till it's something big. You can, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you're working full time and you're maybe commuting, you don't have a lot of free time, but maybe on the weekend, you can find one thing to do for you. In order to make bigger change, you have to start with something smaller and bigger change just means more more stimuli into your brain. Do something, pick up a little craft, travel somewhere close by, do something small to kind of ignite that fire in you that, you know, so many of us give up who we used to be. And once you reconnect with who you used to be, you start to enjoy life more. And yet with some things we can't change about our lives, we can add some positive things that will kind of counterbalance whatever we're going through. Yeah, I love that. So just as I'm letting everyone go, just, you know, like, like Helen's saying, try something new, go somewhere new. A lot of times when we, we don't even explore our backyards, maybe you can't go traveling like a digital nomad right now, but have you explored your backyard, do the things that you would do if you had um, guests from out of town, because that's one of the things we often don't do. And just remember everybody, no matter what, no matter what you're doing, start your walking. Um, Just remember it's never too late. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. Visit my website, coranaylor.com to learn more about the Emotion Code or sign up for my free virtual co-working sessions. 